Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the account given to us of Ruth as she follows Naomi. Well, yesterday, Heidi and I were up in Lansing visiting my father-in-law. And whenever we go to Lansing, my father-in-law has jobs for me to do, things to fix, usually involving the computer and his phone. And, and the project, even though I'm not no expert on either, and um, yesterday, the, one of the projects was to fix his, my Google, my home Google thing that wasn't working anymore. And, and really, one of the things he had to fix was I had set it up a while ago. Uh, a couple years ago, he had asked that, I, I want this uh, Google thing so that I could ask questions. And I wasn't really sure why, but it's like, okay. So I go up there and I set it up. But now he doesn't have a smartphone or a tablet, so I have to set it up through my smart, my phone. And so I set it up, and after we're done, he asked it, well, spell Mississippi. And he said, spelled it right. And so he was content, he was happy, and I left. Well, my brother-in-law called me the next week, and he goes, boy, you're trying to endear yourself to your father-in-law? Remind him of yourself? And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, the day after you left, my dad woke up to the Google saying, good morning, Pastor Lutz. <laughs> Not exactly the right name, right? And so, so sometimes names get mixed up. And, and names are important. And, and names are important within the scriptures. And we see that in the Old Testament lesson today. Because Naomi changes her name. From Naomi to Mara. From pleasant to bitter. What would drive a person to do that? What would make someone bitter? That's what we're going to look at. And as we look at the things that make Naomi bitter, we'll be challenged. What is it that can make us bitter when things don't go well and right? And in all of this, where is God? And what is God doing? Because that's really the challenge in this. And so that's what we're going to do as we go over this. And as we start, it seems like Ruth has a pleasant life. She's living in Bethlehem. She's married. She has two kids. And things seem fine. The name seems to fit. Pleasant, right? But then things change. They change drastically. First of all, there's a famine. And as the famine goes on, she and her husband have to figure out what to do. And so to provide for the, themselves and for their family, they move. They move from the homeland, which is the land of God, to Moab, a foreign land. And then things get worse. Naomi loses her husband. And then things get even worse. She loses both sons. Now in the inner time, though the sons have married, and you're not really sure how Naomi feels about this because they married Moabite women. Now keep in mind, what was the command that God gave to Israel as they entered in the promised land? Not to intermarry and not make tra treaties with foreign lands. Not to marry into nations that, that worshipped idols. And so things have really fallen apart. And so now she's going back to Bethlehem. She's going back and she invites, she tells her daughters-in-law to leave, but one's going to cling to her. But we're told that when she comes back to Bethlehem, it says this, it's spoken over this way. As Naomi returns to Bethlehem, she says, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. She's bitter. And who can't understand that? With all that she's gone through, she feels bitter toward what's taken place. Do you ever feel bitter? Have you ever experienced some of the things that Naomi experienced? Ever feel financial difficulty? Ever spelled it so much that you had to change? 
This is something that, that my family experienced. When I was in high school, my dad was basically unemployed throughout my high school years. And my senior year, he had to move to Virginia, and then eventually the whole family moved out. That's tough when you leave family, when you leave friends, the things that you know to, to different part of the country. It's difficult when financial forces make you do things that you don't really want to have to do. And then think about the other things that Naomi experienced. Loss. As I look around here, I know many of you have suffered loss. To one degree or another. And think about it, who hasn't suffered loss in some way? Are not these things that, that you experience, could they not make you better? Could they not turn you against the Lord? Because that's really what's happened with Naomi. Listen carefully to what she said. The Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. And she had said that earlier in the text as well. Again, her, her bitterness is anger toward God. Here she is, part of God's holy people. Why were they suffering a famine? That doesn't seem right. God's there, supposed to be there to protect and provide. And she's lost her husband and her two children. Doesn't that seem overwhelming and unfair? Wouldn't you think, under those circumstances, you'd start to question, does God love me? Does God care? Is God even there? And again, isn't that the temptation for us? When you go through difficult things, ever ask the question, why? Ever think about why it is that it's happened to me? Kind of think it doesn't, because we don't deserve it. That's really behind that question, why, right? Why is it me? Because I don't deserve it. It just, just doesn't seem fair. And when things don't go well, isn't there the thing in the back of our mind? Where is God? Does he love me? Is he there for me? Is he concerned? And I think at this point, we need to keep in mind the whole book of Ruth. Because there's a wonderful message in this book. A wonderful message of God at work behind the scenes. Because God's working out a plan. In the book of Ruth, God has a plan. A plan for Naomi and a plan for his people. And he unfolds it throughout. God's going to keep the promise to Naomi. God's going to keep his promise to Israel. And as you see that in the book of Ruth, you should recognize it even in your life. Regardless of what is going on, God's going to keep his promise. His promise to you and his promise of salvation. And we see that as you go through the book of Ruth, that God provided for Naomi. Now understand, this is not the way Naomi would have liked it, right? God was going to provide for her, but in her idea, why not provide through Elimelech, my husband, or through my sons? That's not how God chose to do it. As they return to Bethlehem, he provides through Ruth. A family member steps forward on Ruth's behalf and provides not only for Ruth, but also for Naomi. God would provide for her. And provide for even to the extent that God provides through Ruth a grandson. And if you go through and read the book of Ruth, you see a transformation once again. This woman who at the beginning calls herself bitter against God ends up praising the name of God. She recognizes God's plan. God indeed was working out his plan. And keep in mind, that's true for you too. God will provide. He hears that prayer that we're going to offer in a moment. Give us this day our daily bread. God will provide for you. But understand, it's not necessarily your timetable and not necessarily the design that you have. But as we look at the book of Ruth, are we not reminded that God provides through people? That's how we're born. We're born into the family. And isn't it our parents who provide for us when we're little? 
And as we grow through a life and we go through different stages, aren't there different people that provide for us in our physical needs? Aren't there those who, who teach us a craft or a trade or hire us and work with us and teach us how to do things to provide for ourselves in some way? And also provide for us those things that we cannot provide for ourselves. And then also through it, not only does God put people in our life to provide for us, hasn't God put you in other people's lives to provide for them? That God is at work working out his plan for all of his people, for you and through you. But keep in mind there's something greater that's going on than just providing for, for physical needs. Because when we talk about the book of Ruth, what the book of Ruth is really about is about God's plan of salvation. It's not just about Naomi, and it's not just about Ruth and them being provided for physically. It's about God's plan of salvation. God's plan of salvation is centered on the promise of a Savior who would come. And the book of Ruth is, is how that seed was preserved, how that seed was going to continue to be, and who is part of that seed, and who is part of that genealogy, reminding us who it is that God was saving and bringing salvation for. The events in Naomi's life brought Ruth into Naomi's family. And it brought about salvation for Ruth, right? Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. That's the confession that Ruth makes, that, that she comes to faith. This Moabite now is a believer, a true believer. And even greater than that, she now becomes part of the genealogy of the Savior. At the end of the book of Ruth, we see that grandson is an ancestor to David and therefore an ancestor to Jesus. And, and the important part of the book of Ruth is demonstrating that in Jesus' past, in Jesus' genealogy, is someone outside of Israel, a Gentile, reminding the people of, of God, both Jew and Gentile alike, that, that this salvation that the Savior was going to bring was for all people and no one was to be excluded. Through all the commotions of Naomi's life, God was at work bringing about salvation, salvation for the world. And that's what we need to keep in mind, that whatever's going on in your life, God is at work. And what he's really at work on is salvation, your salvation the salvation of others. It's so easy for us to get lost on that, right? It's so easy for us to focus on the daily tasks and events that you have to do that you forget about the bigger picture, God's greater goal. God's ultimate goal for you is your life and salvation. But not only for you, but for your spouse, for your neighbor, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your, for your grandparents, for all the people you come in contact. And God is tying all of these lives together to bring this about. That's the beauty of God bringing about this plan of salvation. And it all is tied to that one person, Jesus Christ, who died for you and died for the sins of the whole world, who rose for your life and the salvation of all those others. And so he's bringing people into your life and he's putting you in lives of people for your salvation and their salvation. When you read through the book of Ruth, it's a reminder of how important the people God places in our life are. Think about who is it that brought you to church for the first time? Who is it that brought you to the baptismal font? What a wonderful gift that was to you, was it not? Whether you were an infant or you're an adult, who is it that, that has, God has placed to be an example for you, for an encouragement for you, to, to bring you to where you are in your faith today? Isn't that a wonderful gift? And can't you look back and see God bringing these people at different times at just the right time for your life and salvation? And can't you see God doing this through you as well? 
Having been brought to faith, can you not be an encouragement to others? Can you not be one to bring others to the knowledge of Christ or encourage others in their faith? That God is working through you and those around you. And this is what we keep in mind. Regardless of what's going on in our, pl- in our life, God is working out his plan. He's keeping his promise. He's providing you your daily bread. But even more, he's keeping his promise of bringing salvation for you and for all people. I mentioned yesterday, I, we were up in Lansing, and so hopefully, if I did things right, my father-in-law heard, good morning, Bruce, because I think I fixed that. It's good to be called by your, by your name, right? So, so we are called by our Lord by name, to be part of his family and his kingdom. But the beauty of that is that not only does he call you by name, but he places your name on you. You belong to him. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done, regardless of your background, you belong to him. And his promises are not withdrawn. He watches you today, tomorrow, and he will bring about your eternity with him. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith to life everlasting.